This episode of Meet the Creatives is brought to you by KEH Camera. They've been in business for 40 years and they are the world's largest buyer and seller of used camera gear. They have everything a photographer needs to start their kit, bodies, lenses, filters, batteries, bags, memory cards, tripods, new accessories, you name it, they got it. Uh, their website is easy to use. They have a great phone customer service team. All of the people on the phone team have been there for more than 10 years. They know exactly what they're talking about and they can answer all your questions. They stand behind all their sales, 14-day return policy, 180-day standard warranty, with the largest and broadest inventory of used gear in the world with over 55,000 items and the largest collection of film gear in the world. These guys are crushing it, and I'm happy to be partnering with them. They're opening up a new retail store in Atlanta, Georgia, in the very near future, where you can go and uh, see all the gear in person and talk to real people. So. They clean, inspect, and repair everything themselves in-house with certified technicians, and they make sure they get it right every time. KEH has got your back, and it's a great way to start your creative journey. So go to KEH.com, uh, and it's going to be a great season with KEH as a partner. Let's start the show. back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today, I am joined by Chris Littman, Director of Content and Platform Strategy at NASCAR. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I'm super excited about this one. Grew up watching NASCAR. I'm a huge fan. Um, and I've been really thoroughly impressed by uh, the way that NASCAR has really asserted itself as a real powerhouse on, on social media, you know, with the kind of the editorial stuff, the YouTube content. You guys are crushing the game, so... Uh, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, and thank you to uh, to Mickey and uh, James at the Sasha Group for helping to facilitate this and, and making my dreams come true today. This is a dream come <laughs> true, Chris. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. So you oversee day-to-day -day operations and social media uh, for the content team, and you collaborate with editorial, brand, and production teams for all things content at NASCAR. So tell me a, bit, a little bit about your journey. You know, How did you get to where you are before this? I know that you've been in the sports game for a while, but uh, more recently with NASCAR. Yeah, so uh, I'm an interesting. Maybe I don't know. I think a lot of people have have come to like the social media side from a lot of different places. So for me, it's a journalism background. Mm -hmm. um, I have a journalism degree from Ohio University. Uh, I worked at literally the oldest uh, sports publication in the U.S., Sporting News, um, that had been around since 1886. Wow. And so I started in 2005 out there. Um, they actually relocated uh, from St. Louis to Charlotte. You know, in 2007. So you come right right into NASCAR's uh, backyard where, where the tower winds up being built in uptown Charlotte. Um, oh, yeah. And, and so it, it sort of – it kind of fate brought me to Charlotte. Um, but it was a while before I made that jump to, to NASCAR and working for them. And, uh, you know, on the, on the traditional journalism and digital publishing side, I was never really involved on the print product ever. I was always involved with whatever the digital piece was, whether it was like entry-level editor work. Uh, eventually doing a little bit of writing. And then, you know, I think a, where a lot of people who are probably around my age in their mid-30s or so got their start in social was like blogs were a thing, right? And so every, every digital publisher had some type of blog platform or something like that that they were working on. And then, you know, eventually as social spun up in a lot of places, it was like, well, the guy who's doing the blog stuff understands social, so <laughs> they do social. And right. that was sort of my path there. Increasingly, what happened at Sporting News, though, was social really actually started to drive the editorial. And so for that reason, I actually wound up doing a lot more, 
you know, planning and strategizing around overall content stuff, you know, working with designers, working with uh, video folks, which is a lot of stuff that I still do today at NASCAR. Um, and, and then at a certain point, you know, I, I knew I was kind of ready to get out of the like capital J journalism business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I you, you start to see the writing on the wall five, six years ago with stuff that's more, you know, teams, leagues, building out creative, uh, creative stuff in house, players taking more control of their own narrative. Um, and it just was like, do you want to be on the other side of the fence or would you like to sort of be in with them and working collaboratively? And so right. I knew one way or another, I kind of wanted to be on that other side of the fence, whether it was through marketing or working, working with a league. Um, and, and I was really fortunate that, you know, I think when you want to go up the ladder in sports or make a change, you often have to uproot your life and move across the country or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's certainly true in publishing, you know, it's like New York. LA, you know, maybe Florida, if you want to go work for, for CBS or something. And, I have like the, uh, I have the opposite problem. See, like my wife, <laughs> my wife is a teacher in Jersey and I want to live in North Carolina and work for like, you know, Rick Dick or whatever kind of thing. It's just so, it's just so funny to hear you say that. Cause it's like, I guess sort of a grass is always greener thing. But like, for me, I picture like working in like North Carolina with all the shops and stuff like that. But, uh, and then I, you kind of take for granted, like, you know, living in New York, living right next to the, the Mecca. So that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, so for me, I literally move. I mean, I can still see my, my old job from from my current one, and, and like I moved, you know, it was like a, a like half a mile away, basically from from Sporting News when I moved into the NASCAR Tower. Oh wow! Uh, so I was I was really fortunate um, that you know didn't have to ultimately change a lot there. Um, I love the city of Charlotte too, and mm-hmm. and uh, definitely did not want to leave here, but uh, it was just really fortunate that you know was able to stay in sports. Uh, it, you know, moving to NASCAR, uh, in addition to just getting a cool job, um, you know, it afforded me, I think, some connectivity with social platforms and things like that, that, you know, you don't necessarily get at every publisher, you can certainly get it at some, but, um, you know, straight off the rip, like I, I started nine days before the Daytona 500 in 2016. You got thrown had, into the like, fire, bro. Oh, my it, God. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, at that time, you know, back when they were calling them live stories, like we were doing, we had a snap live story for that 500. We had um, a bunch of stuff going on with Twitter for that 500, and so right away I had this like connectivity with the platforms that I wasn't going to get at at um, a lot of publisher jobs, and certainly a handful of them that do. But um, that was really exciting. I was already working closer with the athletes than I really ever had before, so um, just all of that made it a, a really cool next step for me. That's awesome. That's so cool. It was not until recently. I'm now 28 years old. Uh, just this past race at Pocono was the first time. Mm-hmm that I went, which is ridiculous. I don't know what, to, I don't know like what took so long. I just, it's a, it's a little bit almost in, intimidating kind of the first time you go to a NASCAR race. Cause it's, you know, you don't know what you're going to be in for, how loud is it? And as we were driving there, I kind of, my, my neighbor, John took me, shout out to my neighbor, John. He's going to be super happy to be on the NASCAR podcast, but, <laughs> but he took me, him and his wife, Sharon, they took me and my wife to our first race. And I was really afraid that it would not live up to what I thought it would be. And I'm happy to say that it exceeded my wildest expectations. I love it. I can't wait. I was ready to go to Watkins Glen the next week, and my wife was like, okay, let's relax a little bit. Uh, I know that you kind of came around to it later, but what was your first experience like going to the track? What was that track? And and what kind of piqued your curiosity about it the most? Yeah, I mean, I had some limited experience of being out at Charlotte Motor Speedway once or twice, you know, when I was more on the, the publishing side. Right. Um, but but my, my first experience as a NASCAR employee, like I said, I started nine days before the 500. So I, I really got a, a crash course in, in 
just trying to meet people and, and sort of learn the industry, right? Because one thing to, you know, NASCAR is a big company. And so certainly you're trying to meet all the people in our offices up in Charlotte. But then we've also got an equally large office down in Daytona. We've got an LA office. We've got a New York office. It's more partner and sales driven. Right. Um, and so I'm trying to go meet all these people. And then that's to say nothing of the drivers, the people who work with them at the teams, they're, you know, various different structures around them as far as content people, reps, um, just, you know, they're, they're personal people who are around them who you ultimately have to work through on content. Right. So I, I went down to Speed Weeks in, in 2016 and was there for the, the very beginning of Speed Weeks and then was back here in Charlotte for the 500 because we had a huge marketing execution we were doing on Twitter that I needed to be back here for. But um, I just remember pulling, that was right when they had finished Daytona Rising, so that was the first 500 for the new DIS. And right. I remember coming out of the infield tunnel in turn four um, and just sort of being gobsmacked at the the size and scale of it. Yeah. And just... Even Pocono seemed huge. I I can imagine Daytona, that's got to be insane. Yeah, and I mean, we weren't even in the garage area yet. We were just, like, making our way there. And I was like, it was... You're in this... I love, I mean, and that reaction and sort of like the one you were talking about is why one of my favorite things about the job has nothing to do with content. It's like when I get to host someone at the track who's never Mm. gone before. Yeah. Uh, And and we do a ton of that. I mean, like from taking my own family who didn't grow up with it to, you know, working with, obviously we're always trying to expose like social platform partners and things like that, you know, large groups from Facebook, Instagram, like a few years back, we had a bunch of people from Oculus and, and you just never know what's going to resonate with someone like people who are like Stanford and MIT grads, right. you know, who, who are wowed at the enge- all the engineering that goes in yes. and the number of people who, who are working at a team like Hendrick doing that kind of stuff. And for other people, it's, you know, maybe our sports partners at one of the social platforms who are like, you know, we go to all types of sporting events and, and this is the best access that any fan could get because right. – the analogy I make and like you, you probably, I don't know where you were when you were at Pocono, whether you're in the stands or the garage, but I liken it, I liken it to this. You're a hot pass at NASCAR. Like you can be right there next to the driver, basically moments before they're about to go to work. I could never get a fan on an NFL field to stand next to Cam Newton during like the national anthem or something. Uh, get get me next to Chase Elliott, Chris, make my dreams really come true. You got to one up the Sasha group. And I was like, we need we need to figure out like uh, the next the next race we can get you to. That's what okay, it sounds good. like. We need to figure out the hot pass. Hell yeah! Next, so. <laughs> I'll make sure I broadcast it on my limited social media channels, which will pale in comparison to yours. So that's so funny. <laughs> um, for people that are looking to get into NASCAR, like myself, I would love to work at NASCAR in New York. Shout out to the New York office. But, you know, wherever Daytona, North Carolina, LA. What's the the best way to go about doing that? Uh, is it internships? What's the best way? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends all on, on the skill set and the, the world that people are trying to find themselves in. I think certainly around, like, creatives and content and stuff like that, I actually think there's a huge opportunity in engaging drivers directly or the people around drivers or teams. Um, you know, I think certainly there's there's a ton of room for growth. I, I give you an example that I can give off the top of my head is, like, um, I've seen drivers before who, I mean, hey, look, it's a little bit like the, you know, since you brought up the, the Sasha group, it's like a, a little bit like the Gary V, like, you know, like what's the value you're going to bring. And, and, right. uh, I think I remember like Landon Castle, who's one of our drivers, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the cup series, like certainly not like the biggest name, but I think that there were someone, a couple people a while back who like saw opportunity and like building up their reel and building up their portfolio because he, he put up his hand and basically said like, Hey, I need someone to come to Indy 
and shoot my weekend for the brickyard. I will get you all the access you need. I will do all that. Um, you know, and all, all I want you to do is, you know, come out and, and help me build some content for my channels and you're free to do whatever you want from there. So, I mean, I think there are that level of sophistication is continuing to grow for a lot of our drivers and a lot of the teams. Uh, and I, I think there are a lot of them who are going to be in market for content creators and, and things like that, either already or in, in the days and weeks and months to come. I think that's a, a great place to start. I mean, certainly internships are great. We have a great, uh, you know, NASCAR diversity internship program that runs during the summer. Uh, shout out to my intern that actually just wrapped up today. Um, she did a great job this summer. Um, but it's a huge group that I can tell you based on uh, what I learned this year, a, a lot of them have, have wound up actually working in the company. And, and I think that's, that's awesome. another great, great way to get a foot in the door. Um, you know, I, I, and then I, you know, I think just like Hawkeyeing, um, you know, social for opportunities, career sites for opportunities. And, and you know, I think over time, if you're, doing what most people do these days and you're slowly accumulating people you follow on on social who you know probably hold positions in some of those areas right. as stuff gets posted like certainly never hurts to ask like hey do you know anything about this position if you've established a little bit of a rapport but um those would probably be my first few suggestions yeah for sure that's kind of like how it was with uh with me i saw that gary did i know that uh he was involved with like the nascar stuff and then um that he had the Ask Gary V. He had some some great folks from NASCAR on, and mm -hmm. then I reached out to James, who I have a little bit of a rapport with, uh, and a great friendship with over the last three years. And he was like, "Let me see what I could do." And next thing you know, here we are. So I am proof that that your uh, your thesis works. So <laughs> to use a Garyism, yeah, uh, cool. So uh, you know, you're talking about getting this access, about doing all these fun things with NASCAR and meeting all these great people, the great you know the drivers, and there's so many stories. You know, Joe Gibbs and Hendrick and then you know that these these young guys uh, do you have a story that kind of stands out as something that was like really cool maybe a genuine moment with someone or something like that yeah I mean I like I said I think I've gotten great access and it's a luxury of being you know the sanctioning body and everything like that um, you know to, to talk about one of those other offices we have in LA they're really focused on entertainment marketing whether that's you know pitching original content to a network or you know, getting entertainers out to a track and, and building other entertainment relationships. You know, that movie, uh, Logan Lucky, if you saw it, it was a Steven Soderbergh movie. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's something that our group was very heavily involved in in, in that film um, with some production work. And nice. so, you know, that one of the other things that group does is TV integration. So my first year out in 2016, uh, toward the end of American Idol, actually, uh, we had a couple of drivers who went to American Idol Oh, wow. uh, and, and like actually sat, you know, because it was in the Fox half of the season. So it was right. a little bit of that synergy of programming and they sat them in the crowd. And like, that was at like the peak of like when empire was really like, <laughs> like exploding. Right. And it was like the empire performance night. And so that was like a, there's a cool, like geek out moment that oh, wow. we got to be, you know, at one, you know, one of the later seasons of American Idol, those guys were in the crowd, got to take pictures of them all around like the, the set and things like that cool. way early before anything's going on. That That's one I really like. The other one that, that comes to mind, and it goes to show you, it's only my fourth season, but like everything starts to blend. Uh, I was coming back off a trip one weekend and it was like, hey, um, Mark Zuckerberg is going to be with Dale Jr. at Charlotte Motor Speedway on like Monday or something like that. And what? we could go out and do content. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go do that. And and so we show up at Charlotte Motor Speedway and basically Dale is, he had just come from doing a tour with Hendrick 
at, uh, at, at Hendrick with Mark Zuckerberg. Wow. They come over to Charlotte and they're like, all right, we're going to do laps around the track. And they, they brought out a full production crew that they hired out actually from NASCAR Productions and ran it live on Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook page. That is time. so cool. So, and then the best, it's still on his page somewhere. And if you go find it, there's just an audible, like really loud curse from him when he like hits <laughs> the gas for the first time that he is like, like, because he's in, he's not in like a, a street car going like, you know, 80, like you would like maybe during a pace car ride. Right. He is in a, he's in a two seater show car to, wow. to make him go like 140, 150. And it was, uh, he gave him, he gave him a good ride. So that was good. That's for a while. amazing. I remember I actually have a Mark Zuckerberg story myself. Uh, we were, I was, I finally got the opportunity to go to check out Sam Menlo, the Facebook headquarters in California, Northern California. And uh, I was talking to my friend Dion Baez about, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going in the right direction. I want to work at Facebook one day. I want to do all these different things. How do I know I'm on the right, you know, I'm on the right path? He's like, well, don't freak out, but we're in the same building right now as Mark Zuckerberg. He's in the same building as you are right now, so I think you're on the right track. And it was like, the <laughs> co- I like freaked out. I was so cool. I was kind of getting the vibe because the security was like, you know, presidential basically. So it was kind of cool. So you're not nice. alone with your Mark Zuckerberg story. I too am cool. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, Mark's a great guy from everything I've heard. I know, I know some people that work with him pretty closely, and they uh, they say he's a lot of fun to be around. So. In terms of strategy, uh, I remember when I went to Pocono with my neighbor, John, I realized that NASCAR was uh, a little bit younger, a little bit cooler. Uh, he said that, that, you know, he's realizing that the demographics have changed over the years. Um, and I feel like when I was growing up, like NASCAR had this thing that it was like Southern and it was, you know, just like for people from the South. But now I find myself like getting more into it and, and my friends are too. So when you guys are trying to expand and, and to break into new audiences and new demographics, you know, a little bit younger, a little bit, you know, people from New York. How do you go about doing that? And how do you get on people's radar that may not be from North Carolina or, you know, Alabama or something like that? Do you guys have a strategy in terms of acquiring people outside of, you know, the, the big NASCAR states? Yeah. And I mean, I think that there are a few ways we do it. You know, I think I mentioned that entertainment marketing group that we've got and, and they're great from, I think, you know, when you start to see, our drivers in non-traditional places, you know, whether it's like um, putting a driver like Bubba Wallace or Ryan Blaney or someone like that on like ridiculousness with like Rob Diedrich or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 you know, putting them in a, um, like a, a t- like uh, Ryan Blaney was in a, uh, like a CBS show, I think over the winter. Uh, Matt Benedetto was in a, like an episode of like Lethal Weapon on Fox. Just like these, so these random things that, yeah, like Matt, you know, and now he's had this great run. Uh, he was like a guy in a bar fight in an episode. It was great. That's so cool. Uh, and, and, you know, like Austin, uh, Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, Daniel Suarez all had uh, cameos in that movie Stuber wow. uh, with, with Dave Bautista and Camille Nanjani. So like, I think those are, are cool crossover moments. I mean, I think on specifically on the social side for us, I think, you know, there are all these really intricate things you can do around influencers and the type of content you place people in. I think the basic block and tackle that we have to remind ourselves to get our arms around is just meeting the people where they are with the coolest content that we think will engage them. So almost regardless of, it's not so much region, I would say, but maybe more like like, you know, a younger fan, let's say. Um, knowing that like our Facebook audience is a little bit older than our Instagram audience or our YouTube audience that like, what is the content that that might resonate with them? You know, 
the pace, the length, the way it's formatted, all of that stuff. Um, so we, you know, we really focused a lot this year on making Instagram and YouTube big priorities for us. Not to say that we don't invest a ton of time in, in the other ones, you know, Facebook, we're doing a lot of different things around groups and, and Twitter. We do a ton, you know, we have our in-car camera partnership with them where we carry live content snap. We still have our stories and we're actually doing a lot of cool stuff with lenses there kind of under the radar nice. um, and, and, and AR objects and things like that. And, and uh, like kind of a bit of a tease that we'll have some cool stuff for Darlington nice. uh, around AR objects, I think, and, and just think like cool paint schemes and stuff like that. And I'll nice. leave it at that. Um, so, you know, I think this will probably come the, out after Darlington. So I think you're in no danger. It'd be good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think lots of, lots of cool stuff that we're doing there to, to try and reach a, a different fan and, and just sort of like make sure we're speaking the language of all of those platforms as opposed to trying to take one thing and go, all right, let's just dump it everywhere. It's not that we're, you know, I think we want our best moments to ultimately be everywhere. But, you know, again, when I say really simple block and tackle, it's bad to use a football analogy probably, but um, bump know, and really, run, really, bump and run. Yeah, really, really simple <laughs> building blocks. Let's right. say that, um, yeah. you know, to like, making sure that we're like loading up our YouTube channel with like compilations and things like that and long form content that are like, I've been loving that stuff. It's been yeah. really good. And you guys finally stopped saying who wins in the title. I love that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> but see like, oh. but it's cool though. Cause like NASCAR listens, it's like the fans yeah. commented and then, then people change it. And now we have like these like compilations and stuff. It's really great. I, I find myself constantly watching like top 10 best Bristol finishes. It's like, I didn't know that I needed this, but here I am. Let's go. And it's been really great, too. It's great quality, too. And you know what the, the coolest thing about doing some of that stuff has been is it, it kind of ladders up to something that's less about the content, but I think more about listening to fans. And, and that's, you know, literally one of our, like, core KPI metrics for the year is, is really, like, con our conversation with fans and how we're, you know, how we're engaging with them and how we're creating more conversation. Because we feel like a comment or multiple comments on a piece of content is ultimately a deeper uh, it's a deeper and more meaningful engagement than a like or a retweet or something like that yes um, I agree. And, and so one of the coolest things when you talk about those compilations is like if you go check out our community tab like we are directly listening to our fans when we do those compilations mm -hmm. so we'll put up a post that's like hey what's your favorite nascar fight ever right and wait instantly within 24 hours we've got hundreds of suggestions and they start to you know you, you'll get some commonality between them and then we want to come back and we want to close that loop with people and say, hey, you guys spoke. We listened. Right. Here's that top 10. Did your did yours make the list? Ah, um, that's so cool. Burnout, favorite crash. And and on some level, that's almost like a, a perpetual motion machine because with like certain topics, you can go like, oh, mine didn't make the list. And then, all right, here's your favorite. More engagement. More points. engagement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah more engagement. <laughs> um, but it's, it's so but it's great because I think it, it you know, like our fans are experts too. Like, yes. Like – we're like by no means are, are we the only people who should probably weigh in on some of this stuff. Um, so I think that's been a really fun piece of our creative process this year is sort of like listening and figuring out because it's so easy, I think, in any of these things to get into a very like, well, like tunnel vision with blinders and like this is our brand and like these are the only types of things we're going to do. Like right. all these social platforms, at least for, you know, for me personally and where I sit and what I manage, they're all too malleable. To just be like, this is what we're going to do and this is the one piece of creative we're going to run all year and like this is how – it just doesn't work like that. I'm not sure if this is uh, your team specifically or, or who it was but um, I, I know that like when I make – when I went to Pocono, for example, I made an Instagram story 
and just the way that I was able to uh, kind of have, like, you know, swipe up, like with the NASCAR mm-hmm. thing, the NASCAR logos. Um, I remember like a, a few months ago, I kind of like fallen out. Uh, this The last two years, I've been really busy with work and stuff had kind of fallen out of it. And there was those ones of like Chase Elliott and like all these guys like waving the, the checkered flag. And I was thinking to myself, like, I don't know who a lot of these guys are. And then it's like, because of that content, I was like, man, I, I want to use this in my Instagram story. I want it seems like they're giving me the tools to engage with this community and I'm able to u- utilize them. Uh, and I think that, that in a weird way, that Instagram content uh, kind of wrote me back in and got me into it. And I find myself more obsessed with NASCAR than I've ever been. So, Well, and that's, and you know, the funny thing is like, it's definitely that, that like, you don't want to just be like, oh, good. I mean, look, I love The Office as much as anyone. I'm on like rewatch number 34, <laughs> but um, like no one needs to use like the Steve Carell, like, oh God, it's happening gif again, right? right, right and right. so like as much as we can, you know, use a media day to arm fans who are, whether you're a Kyle Busch fan, Chase Elliott fan, or you're a Landon Castle fan, like, no, no matter Chase where you Elliott, are. Chase Elliott, let's go. Number nine, I, baby. It, I mean, like, let's arm all of those fans with that content. I mean, that's the great work of a couple people on our social team, our design team, you know, taking, you know, hey, let's do good planning. Let's come up with the gestures. Let's get them into the Giphy platform and make sure that, you know, they're all tagged up correctly and doing yeah. all that stuff so that they can surface and be, like, hyper-relevant. Mm-hmm. Um but, but that's super intentional that we want to allow people to, you know, and, and, and the, the crazy thing is I find myself actually using that stuff in my own content. And I think a lot of people do this even when they're not posting about NASCAR, but yeah. like that's their default. I'm like, oh, I want to do a swipe up or, you know, whatever some of the other stuff is. It's just like a surprised reaction. Like now I'm as a NASCAR fan speaking NASCAR, even in stuff that isn't NASCAR content. <laughs> It goes across the board. That's so cool. Well, yeah, whoever, who, you know, whatever team was responsible for that, I think they did a really great job. It was well executed. And I had a feeling like there was some sort of like, it was just my assumption. I was like, because I know like Gary kept doing those when he was doing like the swipe up thing. All of a sudden yeah. NASCAR was doing that. I was like, oh, yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of fun to see that, that kind of uh, digital culture. And I think that's why it translates so well to, young, to a younger demographic. It's because it's like you're giving people the tools that allowed them to tell a story about NASCAR in a very modern way. I mean, I think the one thing that's always interesting for us, and I think it's like, so this is year four for me, um, and and I think the way we do content, and and it sounds like it's evident to you, has drastically changed. Yes. Um, And and I mean, I always think that's like kind of interesting to talk about, that, you know, social is no longer, like, literally to this day, I had a a guy... um, are you familiar with like the, did you see our content stuff from like the Goodwood Festival Speed over in like the UK? Um, mm, maybe. I don't, I don't know. We had, we had a guy go over. Um, so or, there, this, I, I was not familiar with this because it's really more like F1 driven, but like this was the first year NASCAR had a bigger presence there. Right. But it's basically like a car show with a race, but it's like time trials and it's this, it's this place that's called like the Goodwood Estate. And you're like, you do like time trials up a hill and it's everything from like F1 drivers driving cars. They'll be like 50 years old to like rich people who bought Dale Jr.'s like 2014, like nationwide 88. What? That's so cool. And we sent someone from our team to that who is, you know, one of my core content people who I've had for a couple of years now with, you know, DSLRs, GoPros, all this other stuff. I mean, he's there to do like the full shebang and all that stuff. And he's going to mount GoPros and cars. He shows up and the people at Goodwood are like, um, 
now you're here to do social, right? So what are you doing with all these cameras? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, in 2019, that's still the mindset. But it's funny because when I started, that's how it was. We had three people and myself with phones. And we weren't doing anything. We were like kind of working with NASCAR Productions to get right. video. And now we are deeply integrated with productions, working with a road crew. We're sharing footage. Like the way we tackle like the post-race or something like Bristol where it's like, okay, you go to two through 10, you go to victory lane, you go to that pick box, uh, you go to those two cars like between 10 and 20 because they might fight. Right. Uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> and, and all doing that with like, you know, Sony DSLRs or, or Canon C300s and, and, and stuff like that to get like cinematic quality footage that like we're still turning like we're shooting on phones. That's amazing. From a speed standpoint, it's just changed so much because I think the expectations of fans have changed. So I always think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think that's really cool. I think that there's definitely like a, an intention to craft that is evident that kind of comes across um, with the content you guys are creating. And a perfect example with, the, uh, you know, the, the NASCAR GIFs or GIFs, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's like not only is it like there and available, but it's like well executed. And I think the same can be said for the videos like uh, Denny's burnout at Bristol that has my vote for like one of the better, especially at Bristol, which is like as tight as could possibly be. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember thinking of that, like, I wonder, I have a feeling like they're gonna put this on Instagram. Cause I just remember seeing it. It was like one of the best shots of the whole night. And you guys were like, bam, right there with it. And I couldn't, but like your turnaround times are ridiculous. I know that there's a lot of people involved, but uh, it seems to be like everything is kind of live. How do you guys go about turning that around so quickly when you're on Twitter? Instagram on snap multiple platforms you guys seem to have it like right away is it just a, a large volume of people working on it or just a, a small team of killers uh, that can really turn it out quickly yeah I'll go I'll go more small team of killers yeah. um it's funny like we used to be even just like this goes down to some basic stuff of like how you staff right and you're like okay let's spread each other let's spread equally over the, the course of a week. And, and now we're, you know, much more intentional about more bodies on a Sunday and things like that. And so, right. you know, we have one person who's super locked in on Twitter because we feel like it's the most time sensitive platform. And a second person who's always thinking about, you know, Facebook and Instagram back in our Charlotte offices. And then additive to that, we'll have anywhere between one and four people at the track. Um, and usually more toward like the one or two, uh, but they're shooting on DSLRs They're but, but they're looking to get something quick turn, um, you know, get, get something quick turn out of that race. And actually, so I will, in, someone who doesn't work for us, but I think, I guess works for NBC technically, uh, that burnout shot you're probably talking about. I've gotten so many messages this week, <laughs> shouting out the guy who runs the broadcast, like steady cam. When yeah, he gets a, awesome. If you ever see this dude in the neon, he, like he, I don't know what his workout regimen is, but like he is running around <laughs> with this thing and it's just like it's the most clean, like smooth shots ever. But it's I mean, fantastic, yeah. That's why but, I used it for the on the content. I just put that one up there. I was like, I don't even know if it's legal to repost this, but I'm doing it. We out. <laughs> but like the guy, you know, like so great example. We had some stuff like from the grid and that that sort of divide and conquer mentality I was talking about. It's like, you know, sometimes the story that's just as important to tell is the guys who didn't win, like. Obviously, broadcast covers the heck out of the guy who wins, but there are fans of, you know, 39 other drivers mm -hmm. that want to hopefully see their guy. So we always think it's really important to go to the grid, get photos, get videos of those guys getting out of the car, show that they're warriors, like show that they're, um, you know, like a lot of people think, I mean, I know you don't, you probably don't think this way, but a lot of people think, man, these guys get in the car, they drive and like, yeah, they're not athletes. Like 
watch these guys get out of a car. No, I totally that, do. Yeah, that, that's been 130 degrees, and like, tell me, tell me, you'd be standing. Like, I think you guys so, got that perfectly with that picture, and I'm a little bit biased here because I'm a Chase Elliott fan. But you got there's a picture you guys recently posted. I, I know that's because you know I'm not stalking it that much, but I, I was <laughs> in preparation for today's podcast. There's a picture of Chase Elliott uh, getting out of the car, and he's he's still like sitting uh, in in the windowsill. And he's like pushing his hair like this, and it was a top five finish. And for me, as somebody who watched that race, and maybe maybe it's like that photojournalism thing, like you're talking about. Like it, it, it almost feels more like like photojournal, like real photo, authentic journalism that shows a real moment. Mm-hmm. And it was like you just happen to capture that. And it's not the most exciting thing, but as somebody who watches the sport and lives for the drama of it, that one picture, it finished in the fifth place. But it was like it was a fifth place that mattered, and you guys yep. like got that. So well executed well, to whoever got that picture. And it's emotion, right? Because so we like I was talking to someone who does player social at the NFL, and like you know they have the helmet issue. We mm-hmm. have the helmet issue inside the car. Yeah. And and so like we I don't get Russell Westbrook, you know, flexing and, and stomping and stuff like that. I just right, go right, when, right. when someone makes a great pass, and so those are my opportunities for emotion are prior to a race and afterward. Usually, mm-hmm. um, one of the other guys on our team, uh, last season and, and has done this a few times. I remember when Kurt Busch got eliminated, uh, at the end of last year, uh, late in the playoffs, he wrecks, gets out of the car. And my guy just happens to be in the right place. Alejandro's name, uh, got, got right to the right spot. Um, and he snaps this photo that is like an all timer of Tony Stewart consoling Kurt Busch. Wow. And I knew it was a good photo because it was instantly, we didn't even give it to him. He's just like, you know, it's a good photo when the athlete takes it. Right. Um, and it was instantly like on his Twitter, Instagram, like right after the race. That's so, and so it was just cool. That great moment of, of passion from, from those guys. And then like the flip of that, like, you know, thinking about cool content, like, I don't know if you saw the piece that we had, but I think we're always trying to push ourselves on just like a different look, a new look. It's very easy to go and be like on just a hamster wheel of content because of how long the season is and, yeah. and it's just never ending week after week you know it is a long season so it's basically valentine's day to thanksgiving <laughs> and, and, and then and then <laughs> we're like ridiculous kind of, that's so ridiculous but but like you know if you go back and look at bristol week one of the guys uh tyler on my team you know threw a gopro on top of uh the camera when he was shooting photos at bristol and then th- stitched together a video that was sort of like the what he saw versus what the image that came out was mm-hmm. and instantly it was so cool like you know obviously social comments are not always the most positive place on the planet and it, oh, it oh just, the, the worst kind of people usually <laughs> yeah and, and people were like just kidding this but that's so, my personal thing not him <laughs> but they were like you know that like this content's like super cool like tell me about your settings on your camera like what's the gear we had drivers chiming in i was like this is and like it was a it was a validation that like it's okay to try something every once in a while absolutely so, i know that like nascar is kind of like a giant huge you know like a traveling i don't want to say circus but it's like a you know a, totally. it's, a, it's a giant road show across the country sometimes to europe and stuff like that for the people that are on the content team is it a, do you have different people at different tracks or that they go the whole season or like half of the season or some guys go with the fox crew some guys go with the nbc crew how does that work yeah so we've got kind of a, a rotation of folks that that rotate really between that at home role I was talking about and then the that track one, you know, shooting shooting videos, shooting photos and Could I do the East Coast? Camera. Could I do like uh Pocono <laughs> and Watkins Glen? Just that's that's it. That's, uh, those two would be good. And maybe Dover. 
po- I mean, Pocono is 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 quickly becoming, I think, a popular track because there's just like a lot of pretty like nature around there and stuff yeah, like really that. Beautiful. You get like you get that like Saturday afternoon or like after that at like Xfinity race on a Saturday and like you have a little bit of time to wander. Yeah, uh, I've heard I've heard it's really nice. But uh, no, we try and keep people fresh, so like we're not doing you know, hey, you're on for the month of April on the road and you live there because ultimately we, you know, it's funny, we can do all this talking about content, but I think one of the reasons I have a a really killer team is they can wear a lot of hats. And so while they can be that person who does that cool video with the GoPro on the DSLR, they're also strategists and the strategist is kind of in all of their titles. It's in mine. Um, and, And ultimately, like, we're responsible for doing a ton of planning. So these guys aren't just purely production employees or or you know shooters or, or videographers or something like that there's someone who can sit with you if you're a an internal or external stakeholder whether you work for nascar licensing and you want you're we're launching like a new funko line of toys or nascar diversity and they've got an important initiative coming up with like the d4d pit crew combine like they can sit there and plan out you know an, a, a a well thought out social strategy mm. and so for that reason we try not to like leave anyone just out there for a month because they do ultimately have responsibilities back in our offices too but i think that you know i'm sure there are some people who would like to live that life on the road all the time but i'd like to think that that's kind of a benefit for them because one you you do get a little bit of work-life balance and two i think it gives you a really well-rounded experience so i'd like to think that we're we're molding and creating some some really sharp strategists and content creators that's awesome i love that so much well this has been amazing. I'm going to get off of this and I'm literally going to go convince my wife to move to North Carolina. <laughs> I love the Carolinas too. I've been, I've been kind of falling in love with the South a little bit. I'm going to Georgia uh, next week and I just went to South Carolina. So who knows? Maybe we'll see. Maybe, we, maybe when we have kids, she'll want to move out there. But for now, I'm a, I'm a Yankee. Well, I'm more of a Mets fan, but you know, I'm, I'm here in New York. Maybe, maybe I'll go work with James in New York. Nice. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you to the Sasha Group for making this possible for this introduction. Thank you to NASCAR. But where can people find you online? What's the best place to get in touch? And if you're looking to apply to work at NASCAR, what's the best place you can do that? Yeah, the, uh, I'm not going to be able to, to rip off the careers URL, but if you, if you just Google NASCAR careers, there is a careers page that's there, and, and I would definitely encourage people to stay on top of that. Cool. Um, I, I'm, I'm easy to find on, on social. I'm, I'm pretty active on, on Twitter, especially just at Chris Lipman, two T's, two N's. Uh, follow at NASCAR on all those platforms and use our Giphy gifts. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, use them in your Instagram stories liberally. So. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. It's been great. All right. Take all care. Right. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you follow our sponsors, KEH Camera. Go to KEH.com and get yourself an awesome camera. I'll see you next time on Meet the Creatives.